Before we get going on the podcast today, before we do anything else, we have to acknowledge here on the Bucks Nation podcast, Downey and Martez, we have to acknowledge the passing of Mark Cook, who we lost earlier this week at the age of 50, far too soon. Great writer and editor through the years for PewterReport.com and someone that Lynn and myself called more than a colleague. Uh, we were glad to call him a friend. Um, throughout the years, Mark was nothing but good to me. I put this out on uh, on Twitter the other day. Uh, back when, in probably 2011 or maybe early 2012, uh, when I was in college, Mark had no idea who I was. I was a fan of Pewter Report. I reached out to Mark uh, to come on my college radio show, and he took like 20 minutes out of his day to come on a kid's show who he knew nothing of, wasn't like a big outlet or anything, just, you know, hey, I'm starting up this radio show, I want to have a guest to talk some bucks, will you come on? And he did, and I never forgot that, and then I was glad throughout the years to be able to get to know him more uh, in the Bucks media room, in the press box, at training camp, and things like that. Uh, where Mark sat, the way the Bucks media room is set up, it's kind of like communal desks kind of they're against different walls and things like that and where Len and I were usually set up was like in a back corner but Mark was like right behind us and as I think you might know from listening to Len and I uh, on this podcast from time to time we can be accused of being loud so other people might have heard our conversations throughout that media room at some points and you know if you're ever having a conversation with someone and then someone out of the blue just you know kind of butts into that conversation it's usually pretty annoying but every now and then uh len and i would be having a conversation and mark would throw a little quip or one of his sarcastic comments that mark is well known for you could never be mad at mark because mark always actually added to the conversation and was absolutely hilarious um the last time i actually saw mark was not that that long ago at uh mandatory len and i and talked nothing but nice to Lynn and I and talking about our future prospects and you know what Lynn and I had kind of went through. Uh, if you followed Lynn and I's career, you know that Mark was just spoke glowingly of us and Mark was always great to talk to uh, and he is going to be missed. Uh, Lynn and I both want to send our condolences to his son Douglas, who he was so proud of, his girlfriend Daisy, uh, and you can, on Twitter, you can go to Mark's page. I know Pewter Report has it up as well. And his girlfriend, at Daisy Charlotte, uh, his family has started a GoFundMe to help with some of the funeral costs and taking care of his, his son and the rest of his family moving forward. I know Lynn will definitely uh, want to share some stories of his own uh, and pass along his condolences to Mark's family when he's able to uh, be back on the podcast with us next week. So just once again, from everyone at Bucks Nation, especially here at Downey and Martez, we want to send our condolences to the Mark Cook family. Rest in peace, Mark Cook.
Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. And guess what? We have got some football to talk about today. This is usually the part of the show where I say I'm the Downey half of this dynamic duo, which I am. I'm Trey Downey with you every single week. Lynn Martez, the other half of this dynamic duo. I can really say it this week and fully get away with it. Lynn is unable to record, but we wanted to get something out to you guys uh, covering the first Bucks preseason game, which happened last night against the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Before we get into anything today, uh, we're going to give you that quick social reminder like we always do. Even though Lynn's not here, follow Lynn on Twitter at Lmart810 for all of the latest and greatest on the Buccaneers. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. The whole team doing a ton of great work, not only on the Twitter page, but on BucksNation.com. Full breakdowns and stuff from all of the preseason action, breaking down certain players and things like that. So go check out BucksNation.com right now. And then wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Hit that little plus sign that subscribes you to us. You won't have to do anything uh, when the new podcast drops. It'll automatically be added to your listening device. Whether you listen on on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, you'll get notified and you'll be able to listen to it. And especially today, since this is dropping on a Sunday evening, you'll wake up with a nice surprise on your commute to work on Monday morning if you're listening to spotify click that follow button and especially on apple podcast if you can leave us a review let us know what we're doing well and what you want to see more of on this podcast we're always trying to make it the best possible show for you the fans of the podcast let's get into it preseason football is here for the first time since the buccaneers won the Super Bowl back in February. They were back on the field at Raymond James Stadium. They fell to the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a ton to talk about as far as how the game ebbed and flowed. That's all. That's never what you're going to talk about when talking uh, about preseason football. We're not here to talk about why the Bucks lost or why the Bengals won. We're here to just break down the storylines from this game from a Buccaneers perspective and you've got to start at the very beginning and you've got to talk about Mr. Tom Brady who gets sacked on the very first possession and it was put out there by many on Twitter do you let Tom Brady play another snap this preseason you see that man get sacked you take him out of the game Obviously, the offensive line cannot let this happen on a regular basis once we get into the regular season. So maybe you want to get a little bit more practice for that first-team offensive line, but you can get that with Blaine Gabbert out there if you want. Brady, if he wants to play, I guess you can put him out there for a little bit more. I'm going to be very interested to see how this preseason kind of plays out with their only preseason games. In the past, it was always the third preseason game that was the dress rehearsal moving forward into the regular season. You saw the starters play into the second half, all that kind of thing. Will that be the second preseason game this time, which the Buccaneers already have next Saturday night against the Tennessee Titans after the Tennessee Titans come to town to the Advent Health Training Center to have some joint practices with the Buccaneers uh, 
coming up, I believe, Wednesday and Thursday of this week, or if it's still going to be the final preseason game, the third preseason game, because there are two weeks between that third preseason game and when the regular season starts. I tend to think that that might be the way things go because the fourth preseason game was kind of meaningless. You did have guys uh, getting a lot of playing time that weren't in the first couple preseason games, putting stuff on on film for the rest of the league to see and guys competing for roster spots. But I think that we're going to continue to see the third preseason game be the third preseason game even though it is the last preseason game moving forward. Do you want to see Tom Brady out there? I mean, Tom's going to get work in those joint practices against the Tennessee Titans defense. So do you really need to see a ton of Tom Brady? I don't think you do. You know what you're going to get about out of Tom Brady. But if Tom goes to Bruce says, I want to play a couple series, that's what's going to happen. I think Tom is actually really in control with how much he plays moving forward but I think if I'm Bruce I strongly suggest to Tom and say you know we don't really need it and maybe you don't need to look at Blaine Gabbert but as I'm going to get into further on this podcast you do want to get a better look at Kyle Trask in my opinion Blaine Gabbert came out there led the Bucks to a touchdown Keyshawn Vaughn uh Keyshawn Vaughn so that's that's a name that we're that we'll talk about really quickly here before I get more into that cor- the quarterback thing and how Gabbert looked and how much the Bucks let him play and then the fact that Griffin went ahead of Trask all that because I got a lot to say about that. But I'll talk about Keyshawn Vaughn, who not only got a lot of work throughout the entire game at running back, but was also back returning kicks as well, even before Jaden Mickens was. Bruce Arians today said he liked what he saw. From uh, from Keyshawn Vaughn on on uh, special teams, but I don't know if he necessarily thought that on kickoff returns. The kickoff returns were not too great for Keyshawn Vaughn, and I think once Mickens went in there, that kind of bolstered things. But I think that the Bucks are likely doing that because I think that Jalen Darden is more than likely going to be the number one kick returner for this football team. Once we get into the regular season, I think that that is pretty much set in stone. The Bucks are loving what they're seeing out of Jalen Darden. He's having a good camp. He is exciting the fans. A lot of the media members are talking about him. He's one of the stars of this training camp, uh, the fourth round pick out of North Texas. So that kind of puts Mickens in a situation where I don't think he's really likely to make the final roster of this football team simply because you're only going to carry so many receivers. And Tyler Johnson obviously went into camp heavy. That was a storyline. Bruce Arians said that he finally uh, hit his weight, and you're starting to see more consistency out of Tyler Johnson. But I think I don't think we were ever in a scenario where Jaden Mickens was going to make this football team over a Tyler Johnson. Now, could Jalen Darden steal playing time from Tyler Johnson? Yes, very possible. But that's another story for a different day. But I think that the Bucks were putting Vaughn back there because of the likelihood that Mickens won't make this team. Would the Bucks like to keep Mickens on the practice squad? I think that he would be a great practice squad player, someone that you can bump up at any time to be a kick returner or just a special teams guy. But I think that Vaughn is likely to be your fourth running back, so you want to get him some work, whereas Darden is definitely going to be your guy. You need to, you can't have your backup 
uh, kickoff returner beyond the practice squad or even just hope that he doesn't get claimed when you waive him and hope that you can have your backup kickoff returner on the practice squad. So I think that's why Vaughn got work there. He did have some drops, which if he is going to take some playing time from Giovanni Bernard and actually get on the football field as a running back and not just on special teams, he is going to have to erase those. Yes, he did score the Bucks' only offensive touchdown last night. He had a couple of redeeming runs, but the number one thing that you're looking for in this preseason with Keyshawn Vaughn is catching the football because he's not going to take carries on first and second down from Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. It's just not going to happen at this stage. Could he take some playing time from Giovanni Bernard? It's not likely, but it's possible if you can prove that you're competent in pass protection and you're competent catching the football out of the backfield, which he struggled with through preseason, through camp, and then we saw the the limited playing time that we saw Keyshawn Vaughn during last year during the regular season. So he is going to have to clean that up. He is definitely going to get the bulk of the carries and playing time when it comes to running back during this preseason more than anyone else. Because Gio, we know he's a veteran. You know what you're going to get about uh, get out of him. We saw him a little bit on third down. But Fournette and Jones, you're not going to see a ton of them this preseason. It is going to be the Keyshawn Vaughn show. He is going to have a chance to prove that he should get reps at running back. He's going to have to improve catching the football. We're going to see that moving forward. Now, he scored that touchdown off of a handoff from Blaine Gabbert, who came out there very early in the game in the first quarter after Tom Brady. And Gabbert didn't play very much. He led the Bucks probably on their best offensive series of the entire game. And Lynn and I have gone back and forth since Kyle Trask was taken 64th overall as to who is going to be and who should be the backup quarterback for this team this, going into the regular season. Now, Blaine Gabbert wasn't signed when Kyle Trask was taken, so that kind of muddied the waters a little bit in terms of that. But I basically said that if you think that Kyle Trask is going to be ready to take over the reins from Tom Brady and what will likely still be a Super Bowl championship-winning-ready roster within one to two years then you should probably be able to beat out Blaine Gabbert already. Because I, I am under no illusions that if Tom Brady were to get hurt, that Blaine Gabbert is going to lead the Bucks to a Super Bowl. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Kyle Trask is probably not going to do that as a rookie, but could Trask... We know what Blaine Gabbert is. We don't know what Trask is yet. And maybe for one game or two games, if Brady were to sit out, maybe Gabbert is your better option. I'll give you that. But for the long term, I think that Trask has to be that. And if he can't show that he is close to Gabbert or close to being close to overtaking him, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know why you wasted such a high pick. Yes, I know the Bucks roster is absolutely stacked. You don't really have to draft for need when you're talking about this football team. So that is what it is. But it was weird to me the way that they kind of shaped the playing time last night. It seemed 100% a given that though when they played Gabbert and stuff like that, that they didn't want Gabbert to get hurt. And then Ryan Griffin comes in and throws two interceptions before Kyle Trask even gets on the football field. 
And Kyle Trask, you look at the stat sheet, not very pretty for the rookie out of Florida's first playing time in the NFL. But if you watch that game, there were a ton of drops by receivers. Receivers not being in the right spot. I I admittedly wasn't the biggest fan of Trask, but my whole point in saying what I've said, I'm not sitting here saying that I think that Kyle Trask is better than Blaine Gabbert right now. What I'm saying is if he's going to be the successor to Tom Brady, he should be. That's my whole point in talking about this. And I said if he is given the opportunity to beat out Blaine Gabbert for the backup quarterback position, then I think that he should be able to do that. I don't think he's being given that opportunity. I think going into that game against Tennessee, I think there is no reason whatsoever, especially if you're not playing Tom Brady, get Blaine Gabbert out there. If you are 100% sold that he is your backup quarterback, get him out there with starters for one or two series, and then you have to put Trask in before you put Ryan Griffin in. Because I want to see Trask out there on the football field, not only playing against some defenders that might see the football field during the regular season on Sundays, I also want to see Trask playing with some receivers and playing with some offensive linemen who are likely to be playing on Sundays as well. Now, I'm not saying Trask is necessarily going to start, especially if, like I said, if you're sold on Gabbert being your starting quarterback. And yes, he was out there a little bit with Tanner Hudson and things like that, but I want to see him out there with Jalen with Jalen Darden. I want to see him out there with Tyler Johnson, some of these young guys. I think you have to get the kid meaningful snaps, and he's not going to grow playing in the fourth quarter against a, a defense and playing with receivers who I don't even know if that competition level and that weapon level is the same as what he was going against and had in the SEC last year. I think if you want this guy to grow, you have to get him more meaningful snaps moving forward. And Bruce Arians said today that he was pleased with how Trask has played, how Trask has grown, and he admitted, he said a lot of what happened with the receivers last night, he doesn't put that on Kyle Trask, and Kyle Trask definitely played better than the stat sheet showed. Now, like I said, moving forward, I want to see Kyle Trask out there. If you're not going to play Brady, let Kyle Trask start the third quarter, play the entire second half. Or I want to see I actually want to see him out there earlier than that if you are if you aren't going to play Brady. If you are going to play Brady, just put Kyle Trask out there. I'm not saying that Ryan Griffin should immediately be cut. But I think that you know what Ryan Griffin is, and he didn't go out there and blow the doors off of anybody to say the Bucks should definitely keep four quarterbacks, keep me around on the practice squad. Uh, I think you know what Ryan Griffin is at this point, and for a guy like that to be stealing playing time, meaningful playing time in the preseason from a guy that could be the heir apparent to a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I just don't see the point in that. So that's what I would do with with Trask moving forward, and I think that's what you got to do over the course of these uh, second two preseason games because he's not going to get any playing time in the regular season. He's just not. So I want to see him out on the football field, and I want to see him with guys that could possibly see Sundays playing against and playing with moving forward. Something I also 
didn't see the point of last night was that trick play that the Bucks tried on an extra point. Uh, they lined up in a weird formation, looked like they were going to go for two. They faked it out, and then they ended up kicking an extra point. Like, why in the world did anyone on the Bucks coaching staff or any of the players think that you could just line up in a different formation and then switch it and think that you could have the short extra point back? <laughs> I have no idea what they were thinking there. And it, to be honest, it wasn't a great night for the Bucks special teams in general. And Bruce Arians has said... A lot of the preseason is all about the special teams because you're watching guys trying to make this football team that are going to be playing on special teams and you want to get your special teams right. The kickoff returns, especially uh, with Vaughn, weren't going weren't going well. Uh, the Bengals had one really nice kickoff return, like a 40-yard kickoff return right after that uh, botched extra point trick play. So yes, it is the first preseason game. They have time to get these things worked out, but was not a good night for the Buccaneers special teams uh, against the Bengals, in my opinion. Uh, now let's talk about some good things. Some guys who shined, I thought, and I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, on the offensive side, not a ton to talk about. Vaughn got the Vaughn got the only touchdown, and I've already went over his performance. Trask, I think, looked good despite uh, what the stat sheet showed. Tanner Hudson continues to kind of push this team to carry four tight ends. So that's as far as you can really go on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I do want to see more out, of, more out of Tyler Johnson, and I want to see more of Jalen Darden moving forward throughout the rest of the preseason. But I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball and talk about a couple of the rookies. And you have to talk about Joe Tryon. That penalty was ridiculous, and Joe Tryon has been – wrecking good offensive linemen during training camp and the guy does not look like he should have been the 32nd overall pick in the NFL draft and just waiting there for the Super Bowl champions to take yes he opted out last year yes he played in the Pac-12 but the guy looks the part of a legitimate pass rushing threat on a very good football team that is going to be maybe I'm you know way too far ahead of myself, but he is showing all the traits of possibly being a double-digit sack guy in the NFL. And all of you who are listening to this podcast are longtime Buccaneers football watchers. And before Shaq Barrett was lighting things up for the Buccaneers, they didn't have a double-digit sack guy for a very long time. So to have a guy that I think has that potential. Right now that you got with the last pick in the first round, I think that he's going to continue to show flashes as we move forward, and that might end up being the steal of the NFL draft. Another guy who had a lot of playing time last night, and Rondé Barber talked about him a lot on the broadcast, was K.J. Britt, the rookie uh, linebacker out of Auburn. And he said that K.J. Britt has a chance to overtake Kevin Minter to be the third inside linebacker on this football team behind Levante David and Devin White. And everything that I saw out of K.J. Britt in his first NFL action last night showed me that he can be that guy. Kevin Minter uh, knows this defense very well. The Bucks like him a lot. But K.J. Britt, man, that's a guy who has a bright future and I think is going to get some sustain substantial playing time uh, when the Bucks are switching around their formations and things like that. I was very impressed with him last night, and I think he was one of the shining stars of 
this entire football game. Javon Hagan uh, in the secondary made some very good plays. Cameron Kinley was not too great. And unfortunately, the rookie out of Navy, uh, the undrafted rookie who got a, a waiver to be able to push off his service to be able to play in the NFL. He was waived by the Buccaneers today. Uh, another guy that didn't see a ton of, but I thought he looked good on a couple of plays when I was specifically watching for him was Chris Wilcox, who missed the start of training camp, the rookie cornerback out of BYU, who Lynn and I spoke glowingly of when we saw him at mandatory minicamp, a guy that I think could definitely play on special teams for this football team and a guy that I think down the road could be taking some playing time from the some of the great corners uh, out of this young secondary. Grant Stewart, who was Mr. Irrelevant, uh, the last pick of the NFL draft this year, the linebacker out of Houston. Uh, the guy certainly has a high motor on him, but he definitely w- was in the wrong spot a handful of times. Definitely has a ton of work to go. Uh, can still be a special teams guy, but that that's a guy that is going to have to improve over the rest of training camp and over the rest of the regular season, or not the regular season, over the rest of the preseason when he gets out there on the football field. Grant Stewart is going to have to be better than he was last night. But like I said, when you're talking about a guy like that, you want to talk about a guy who has a high motor and who definitely wants to be out there. And we've heard him in his press conferences. We've heard him uh, you know, from other guys throughout media availabilities and rookie minicamp and things like that. This is a guy who has a ton of leadership qualities. This is a guy who wants to be out on the football field, will do anything that this coaching staff asks. Maybe there was a little bit too much adrenaline flowing last night, uh, being his first NFL action, You know, being out there on a Super Bowl champion football team, you're definitely going to be hyped up for the first action that you ever see. So Grant Stewart, that's a guy that you're going to have to watch moving forward. Uh, Definitely needs to be a little bit better than he was last night. So those were the standouts, I think, that I saw, and most of them were on the defensive side of the ball. I really liked what I saw out of Tryon, and I really liked what I saw out of K.J. Britt and Javon Hagan, who you know, made some great plays. And then uh, Joseph Johnson with the pick six as well. The ball was definitely was right to him. But when you get opportunities like that, you need to take advantage of them. And that's a guy who could possibly be competing with a guy like Grant Stewart, who the Bucks used a draft pick on to possibly make this football team. So that's going to be something to watch moving forward and talking about the depth and who is going to make the football team and who isn't. Because a lot of the positions on this football team are kind of set in stone just because of how deep the Buccaneers are but that's something that you could watch moving forward could there possibly be a battle between Johnson and Stewart for the last spot in terms of linebacker on this football team now as I said moving forward into next week the Buccaneers will welcome the Tennessee Titans Ryan Tannehill Derek Henry Julio Jones, a familiar face, uh, to the Advent Health Training Center this week. They'll have joint practices uh, Wednesday and Thursday before they face off at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday night. The Tennessee Titans are a team that have Super Bowl aspirations. They think that they're right there with the Bills and with the Chiefs in the AFC. That's why they made the trade 
that they made for Julio Jones. And you've heard Len and I debate on this podcast how we think that that could possibly turn out. So that's definitely going to be one to watch next weekend. Regardless of if Tom Brady uh, plays or not, you're going to see more work out of the first team, I believe, uh, in this preseason game. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the game goes when you practice with a team days prior because you never see that during the regular season. So these teams are going to be familiar with each other and maybe we see a little bit more exotic defenses, things like that. That's definitely one of the more intriguing preseason games next week over the the slate of the entire NFL. A couple other things that I want to talk about as far as other NFL preseason action before I close out this week's podcast. Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton, Matt Nagy. Justin Fields should be the starting quarterback of that football team. And if he's not, come week one, that's a disservice to the Bears and Bears fans. Uh, If you want to make the playoffs, get Justin Fields out there from day one. And then another one that I want to talk about, something that was talked about a lot on social media, people bashing this guy, Tim Tebow, who is trying to make the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, definitely is there because of the ship with his former college coach, Irvin Meyer. And people are pointing out this play where he was kind of halfway, you know, lunging into a guy and blocking him. If you go into that those film sessions coming up this week, you're not going to hear those coaches bashing Tim Tebow. Tebow kept the guy on his path past the ball carrier. Tim Tebow did his job on that play. It might not have been a pretty pancake block, him laying someone out that you want to see, but if you look at that play, he did his job. So if you're going to use something to bash Tim Tebow, don't use that because he did his job. Uh, Other things around the league, we're seeing some teams not play anybody. Uh, The Rams aren't going to play anybody pretty much this entire preseason. Uh, The... uh, The Chargers are not going to play Justin Herbert. The Packers had an injury scare with Jordan Love, but the MRI uh, came back good for Jordan Love, so it doesn't look like he's going to miss any time. Uh, And then the last thing that possibly throw out there, is there a QB battle in Philadelphia? Joe Flacco (laughs) looked really good, and Jalen Hurts did not. So we'll see what happens there. And then the Saints, six turnovers for the Saints, and both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston through an interception. So we'll have to see how that quarterback battle uh, continues to play out as we move forward into the regular season. Once again, you're listening to Downey and Martez. Lynn will be back next week. He was just unable to record. And like I said, we wanted to get something out for you to break down the first preseason game. Lynn will be back probably next week. Uh, we'll either record late Saturday night or on Sunday to give you our take on the Bucks and the Titans, the second preseason game. And we'll... Uh, We'll get Lynn's take on this first preseason game as well and what he saw. And I don't know if Lynn's going to be out of practice this week. I'm not too sure. But uh, we'll we'll talk about all of that moving forward once again. Downey and Martez in this episode was dedicated to the memory of Mark Cook. We'll talk to you next week.